Well, it's another Tuesday evening and it's time for us to have technology conversations. Strap in and um, turn the volume up because this is going to be exciting. Welcome to City Trends. You're welcome to the show dedicated to technology conversations and education in Ghana. This is City Trends. My name is Philip Ashon, and City Trends is sponsored by First National Bank. How may we help you? And ZPay Freedom to choose, express, and transact. Simply dial star 270 hash right now and enjoy that freedom that your trusted remittance to mobile money wallet partner is offering you. It's now a licensed mobile money company. Yes, indeed. You can now have the freedom to receive your money transfer from abroad directly into your zpay mobile money wallet and it gives you the freedom to do quite a number of things including cash out from all agents cash in at agents online with visa card or from any third-party mobile money wallet transfer to all other wallets buy airtime for all networks in ghana and other parts of the world pay bills and um, transfer into any bank account without having to link them yes indeed that is a freedom that you get when you dial star 270 hash irrespective of your network just simply sign up for zpay mobile money wallet and you're good to go you can call 0302-905-700 or whatsapp 050 for more information as well you can log on to the website myzpay.com <music> On the show today, we have an introductory class for you. We're talking about Ghana's new cybersecurity bill, which hopefully will be um, changed into a law very soon. Um, it's gone through Parliament. It's done what it needs to do in Parliament. The President just needs to sign it into a law. But then what exactly is the President going to sign into law? Well, we'll be having a conversation about that with um, two private legal practitioners who will be joining me in the studio. We'll also be linking up with an industry person who will be talking about how the new cybersecurity bill or eventually as and when it becomes a law can be, you know, the implications it will have, for example, for industry, for telcos and all other related um, industries. It's going to be a very, very... Um, insightful conversation i hope you're ready for it and you can send in your questions you can send in your thoughts as well on the whatsapp number 0549-986-996 and i'm once again it's 0549-986-996 that is a whatsapp number alternatively you can message us on twitter using the hashtag c-i-t-i-t-r-e-n-d-s that is c-i-t-i-t-r-e-n-d-s <music> So if you're ready for the conversation, well, let's get it straight on the road.
So the bill entitled Cybersecurity Act 2020 is an act to establish the Cybersecurity Authority to regulate cybersecurity activities in the country, to promote the development of cybersecurity in the country, and to provide for related matters passed by Parliament and asserted, uh, assented by the President. Hopefully, that will be done eventually soon. But what does it mean? What what is it? Why do we even need a Cybersecurity Act in the first place or a bill in the first place? And why has it taken taken so long for us to get to this point? And why does everybody seem to want this bill to be made into a law so we can get our lives over and done with? Well, um, I have two lawyers in the studio with me, or they call themselves private legal practitioners. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they keep insisting, but anyway, we respect that. Jesse Abugri is... Um, our very first private legal practitioner and ying song t tindani is also a private legal practitioner for the for the purpose of today's conversation i will cancel her first name and i'll call her tindana and i think we'll just go with that yeah so whatever okay so getting into the conversation ladies thank you so much for joining me first of all Thank you, Philip. Thank you for having us. Yes. Um, in case you're wondering about these voices, one of them has been giving us tips <laughs> for the last couple of weeks about the correlation and the you know the merging points between tech and law. So it's only fair that we have hair in the studio. The other one um, sits and smiles and um, punches holes <laughs> in what the other one is saying most of the time. But we'll get to that in a bit. So, I mean, let, let's start off with the basics. W what is the point? of this bill in the first place or eventually this law called the cyber security law or the cyber security law. what's what's the big deal with it why is everybody so excited first of all about the fact that it's going through parliament and it's eventually going to be assented by the president um thank you philip so just call me yin for <laughs> this conversation yin yang yeah. um, i don't know why everybody's excited about that i can't speak to that but um i can speak to why this um bill it's not yet an act so why this bill um because in the memorandum of the bill um, it's been stated and we can all attest to the fact of how increasingly digitized this nation is becoming in fact the entire world and now we can send messages in real time we can send money virtually in real time without having a bank account um, or even having physical cash and with this increased digitization also comes threats. So for example, in your home, like personal property, you're able to put in your burglar proof, lock your doors, um, lock your gate to prevent um, intruders, yes, or robbers from coming in or just uninvited persons from coming in. But how do we keep the cyberspace secure? How do you keep that secure? Because it just seems so vast and out there. And this is why several nations, including Ghana, have decided to adopt um, cybersecurity measures and policies and laws, for example, in Ghana. So the act leans very much on the African Union Convention on Cybersecurity and Personal Data Protection, which we'll call the Malabo Convention for the purposes of this conversation, and also the Budapest Convention, which is the Convention on Cybercrime, um, and which was ratified by Ghana in 2019. The Malabo Convention was ratified by Ghana in 2018. So leaning from those two conventions, um, we have put together this bill, which is becoming law, hopefully very soon, when the president assents to it. <laughs> when, hopefully. Well, the president has to assent to it before it becomes right. um, an act mm. that will govern the space. What, 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 why has and, it taken so long, though, for us to get to this point? 
I mean, considering the fact that we know as a country that, and when you talk about all the other international conventions, for example, that sort of act as a bedrock almost upon which we have built this bill, why do you think it's taken us for so long for us to get to this point where we have to start, you know, getting this into an, a law? Like, I can imagine how many things have gone on over the last 10 years that we could have done much better with if we had a law in place but it, it just it just seems as if like we've been lounging for so long watching the world just jet off and then okay okay it's about time we also figured out whether we had fuel before we could join in i don't know what, what's taking us so long well absolutely um this law could probably have come earlier but that does not mean that there were no measures in place for cybersecurity mm. because we do have the Data Protection Act mm -hmm. that um, deals with data, personal, identifiable information of persons, and that's um, also an act that deals with certain aspects of cybersecurity. Mm. We have the Electronic Transactions Act, which deals with um, certain aspects of cybersecurity, mandates that um, certain people with um, electronic transaction systems operate a secure system. Even more elaborate is the Bank of Ghana's cybersecurity policy, mm. which goes into details of how financial um, service institutions should um, protect their um, information um, technology, information, and for um, policies for information security. Mm. And so it is not as if um, the nation was doing nothing in respect of cybersecurity, because when it comes to sectors, there were various sectors um, that were managing. Um, issues of cyber security mm -hmm. and then generally we had um, acts such as the data protection act the electronic transactions act however this act is um an act that covers all sectors right. it covers um all government institutions it's just a, a general one that gives the framework or that gives an idea of how the nation plans to handle issues of cyber security mm. interesting well, there's a part of the introduction that really caught my eye. It says, it talks about the Data Protection Act 2012, Act 843. Now, one of the things that it says is, Act 843 does not clearly provide the processes and chains of responsibility setting out what has to be reported, the authority to whom the report is to be made, and the processes for reporting a cyber security incident. The proposed legislation thus provides a reporting mechanisms and the penalty for non-compliance with an obligation to report a cyber security incident. Since 2012. <laughs> yeah, well, Philip, um, if we didn't do it in 2012, the next best time is now. Mm. So at least the government is taking steps to um, rectify that. But as Yen said, um, we had all of these agencies governing various sectors of cyber securities that touched their agencies. Mm. And um, Bank of Ghana's directives and the Electronic Transactions Act, NCA, and all of these other um, agencies, regulatory agencies. So now um, government has decided to um, come up with this bill, which hopefully will be law soon, to be a mother body to deal with all of the cyber security space in Ghana. Mm. So yeah, I mean, if we didn't do it ten years ago, now is the next best time. What are the what are the biggest changes possibly or things that really catch your attention as a legal practitioner who doubles in the affairs of tech um, from the bill as it, as it as it is at the moment? 
Well, um, looking through the bill, um, it's four major themes pop up. You know, um, governance and administration. Um, it sets up um, an administration body to oversee the cybersecurity space. Um, it classifies computer systems and software as critical information infrastructure. We'll get into that later. And also regulation, licensing and regulation of cybersecurity activities, as well as protection of um, privacy of individuals. Mm. So these are the main themes that run through the um, the act as a whole. There's also a theme which is about um, a sub-theme, I'd say, um, interception of data. Mm. So we'll get into that later. Mm. But now these are just the, the main or the broad things that jump up when you look through the act. Um, so, yeah, I think... One of the things that I also found interesting was mm -hmm. the cybersecurity fund. What for? So, <laughs> cybersecurity is a very expensive industry, right. um, if I should say. So, for example, um, in the UK, where they have a cybersecurity um, policy to defend, to deter, and to develop their infrastructure to handle cybersecurity over the period of about five years, they spent about 1.9 billion euros um, to push that um, cybersecurity agenda. Mm. A lot of money is lost when there are attacks. Absolutely. And um, imagine an attack on the mobile money system or in the banks, on the banks, or even imagine the central bank. Um, actually, the central bank of Bangladesh has been hacked before. Mm -hmm. So imagine the Bank of Ghana, the Central Bank of Ghana, getting hacked and we losing um, a lot of money. Right. That, that would harm the economy mm -hmm. and the security of the nation, which is one of the reasons why um, you, you've seen the memorandum, why this act is in place. Mm -hmm. And so we, I, I, I would say that the establishment of the fund is really important because the fund is set up to um, deal with um, these issues. Awareness, as we know, humans are the weakest links when it comes to cybersecurity. Mm. So it's creating that awareness, it's putting up structures in place so that um, cyber attacks are managed. And so, I mean, why why not? Mm. I'd say, why not? Mm. And I mean, before that, it talks about the establishment of the authority, for example, mm -hmm. as one of the key pillars of, you know, the bill. Can you tell us about what the authority is supposed to Handle. All right. So um, the authority is supposed to handle all things cybersecurity. Right. So they're supposed to handle um, the protection, cybersecurity, awareness, just generally everything cybersecurity. So when you think of cybersecurity in Ghana, the authority will be in charge of that. Now, in the governance structure of the authority, there is the board. Mm. And it's one of the most diverse boards um, ever because the board... Um, consist of the Minister of Communications. Uh, I just off the top of my head, I'll mention like there's the Foreign Affairs Ministry, National Security. All of these uh, ministers are put on the board because of how vast cybersecurity moves. It touches so many areas, and you know it can get very international. Most almost the time is international. So we have the Minister of Foreign Affairs. All of these ministers are on the board, including um, three private persons, two of whom at least must be women. Um, who, are, who are going to be appointed and it states that specifically it states that specifically yes so this is the board that is like the governing authority um of the authority now there's also a committee established um 
under the authority that would also be reporting to the authority. And that consists of directors from um, the communications ministry and um, police service, military service, BNI, um, just several um, various um, sectors of the economy who are also supposed to serve on the board. So what this does is, um, what this seems to do or what the act seems to do is to bring all relevant persons under the authority to aid in cybersecurity. Now there are also inspectors what um, is established as um, cybersecurity inspectors and staff who are also appointed by the president. Staff of the authority are also appointed by the president, um, which is very interesting to note, by the way, because the president pretty much appoints everybody from the board to the committee to the um, staff, to the inspectors and to the staff of um, the authority. Mm which is very interesting because um, if you see the Malabu Convention, Budapest Convention, and in fact, several other cybersecurity policies and acts from various um, parts of the world, there's an important balance that the acts or the policies strike to create. The balance between the protection um, or cybersecurity um, enhancement or protection and the privacy of the individual, mm. that human rights mm. factor. And um, this is just um, an interesting thing that pops out. like. Are we going to be able to balance these two very, very important um, aspects of the law when almost everybody on the authority is appointed by the president? I'm, I'm just saying it's a question to you to think on. No, it is but, a question for yeah. me to think about, and it's a question for all of us to actually consider. Because, and what my biggest challenge is, when we get to that point where, for example, certain bits of information need to be accessed, but then the average person is not does not give their consent for that to happen does that like what are the implications of that we've had situations global where governments or certain government institutions want access to private people's information and there is a law for example that bars the government or the government institution from getting access to it and it's very clear it's clear as day and night and i'm just wondering with some of these lapses or blurred lines possibly that and these examples that we've had you know globally and in the past does does the law for example based off like just what you just talked about does the law give make it as clear as day in terms of the protection of the right of the average citizen or the everyday citizen in terms of the protection of their right to their privacy especially when it comes to their cyber information or information that is about them like does the law do that very clearly so that for example if my information is accessed by some government institution which happens a little too many times like is it something that i can seek legal redress and is it very clear in the law for example you know, and things like that. I mean, we, we will come to the other issues later, but how clear is it stated in the law, especially with regards to the protection of the average person's right to privacy with regards to their information like avail available on, 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 on the internet or wherever? Um, so privacy is a very tricky one. Right. So for example, if the police is investigating um, a human trafficking warlord or something, you don't expect them to seek <laughs> seek that consent before they obtain that private um, information why not so what? for example there's a terrorist he has a mobile device 
protects it with um what was it it was a swipe code or whichever code it was i think it was a pin code fbi security services wanted to access the phone they couldn't access it because of whatever laws the mobile phone developer and creator says i can't give you access because it is the person's private information whether they've killed a million people or they've killed one person that is their right what i'm asking is how clear is the law with regards to that yes yeah, so i was coming to that so because you cannot expect the government to balance out the privacy of the individual way over national security mm. there's a provision in the act on interception of data right. now if um, there are different levels of interception of um, data this interception of like just your basic information registered with your service provider, like your name, your address, and then there's interception of content and there's interception of your data traffic. Mm. Now, the only way that can be intercepted is by an order of the court. So um, the police officer or any officer or the officer in charge would have to seek an order from the court to intercept your data, but they are not bound to let you know. The court can make an order that you should not know. And you see, it's really important because before that interception of data, they would have to prove that it's in the interest of national security. Anything they can have be proven to, is in, in the interest no, of not, national, not, national security. Um, I'd have to disagree with you, Philip, because um, we, have to, we have to believe that our courts are um, courtrooms of integrity, believe, of justice. Like we have to believe. Because it's a court of justice, and that, and that is the truth. They are courts of justice. They work with the rules of evidence. Mm. Now, before, and the act is very, very clear, it actually creates an elaborate um, list of things that have to be proven by the officer before that data can be intercepted. And it has to be in furtherance of an investigation, in furtherance of national security. Um, and that is what the act, the, sorry, the bill says. Mm. I cannot speak to how it will be implemented because right. um, I, I, that I that, just simply cannot. But yeah. I can tell you that this is what the bill says. And I'm just gleaning from the words in the, I'm just gleaning from the words in the bill that um, this is the intent. Considering where, certain, we are, considering where we are globally, I mean, Ghana, yes, is a very unique case. I get that. But considering where we are today, considering global context what has happened in other jurisdictions well, we are like supposed to trust the courts like even for the average person for for the average person who hasn't committed a crime i think the data protection act protects yeah. your data right. um an officer or any law enforcement cannot just apply to the court to um intercept your data or have mm. access to your data mm. um that's going to be um, against, um, um, I'd say, for your service provider, I mean, that would be infringement of your privacy Absolutely. laws and all of that. Privacy rights, sorry. But for the average person, I don't think we have to worry about that. Um, the act, the bill for now, the bill makes it clear that the law enforcement officer has to prove that it's um, a matter of national um national um, emergency or for national protection mm. and as Ian said we have to have um, we, we have to have faith in our legal system we have to have faith that the courts will work well as to how the implementation will be done mm. the law is supreme and we, we are governed by the rule of law in Ghana so if the law says that law enforcement has to prove this and this and that law enforcement has to prove that before your data can be intercepted mm. 
Is there any part of the bill that that worries you? As lawyers, is there any part of the bill that worries you? Well, the the major part of the bill that is a bit um, worrying is the fact that the president appoints every single person mm. from um, the board to officers. I mean, officers of the authority. That's mm. that's a bit, you know, baffling. That's yeah. That's 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 quite scary. So basically, the the government appoints every single person that's going to be responsible for cybersecurity, and government appointments in Ghana. We can just only hope that. No government know, appointments globally. We can only have, hope that experts it brings too are much appointed. into question, and that's mm-hmm. that's and that is exactly my my point with regards how much is too much in terms of, for example, who is determining what is national security or a threat to national security. Literally, everybody in in the authority is appointed by the government. So that's that's the worrying part. That's that's the bit that that's that's a bit worrying. Um, I think also this act is a framework. Right. Yes. Yeah, right. it's a framework. So um, the authority, when it's set up, when the bill is passed and it's set up, the authority has been given the mandate under this act to come up with policies and directives to um, talk about the nitty gritties of the law and um, how all of these things will be implemented. For now, the bill is just a framework, and it doesn't go into the nitty-gritties of um, how cybersecurity, how, how all of these things will be implemented. Mm. So let's hope that when the authority is set up, the board comes up with regulations and directives that are um, that protect individuals' mm. property. I mean, privacy as well as their security, their cyber security. Yeah, what? Yes. Yeah, but Philip, it's not all gloomy. Like, oh my goodness, they're going to have access to my data and um, all of that. We mm. are thinking about um, national security. This is not even the first time that um, certain powers are given to people in the interest of national security because it's a very, very important thing. But then there are certain um, aspects of the bill that um, are very very um, important, I would say, um, are good because it shows the interest um, of the government or it shows the interest of the bodies um, in place in the area of cybersecurity, which is really, really important because for apart from sectors like the financial sector that is um, that has like an elaborate policy, there are other sectors that are untouched. For example, like the health industry, which in the U.S., when it comes to um, cybersecurity regulations, the health and um, the financial sectors are the most heavily regulated. The educational sector is um, um, covered. There are several sectors covered. And you know, in fact, this, um, the bill makes provision for what is called um, the National Response Team for Cybersecurity. Now, this is where, this is where um, all cybersecurity attack reports are supposed to ma- be made. Now, it comes down to sectoral response teams. Mm-hmm. So now you make all your... Um, attacks, um, incident reports to those sectorial teams, they forward it to the national response team. Now, the sectorial team is even in charge of going to help make sure that that um, you are able to respond to those cybersecurity attacks. And now it allows for this, another team set in place for just anybody to be able to make reports of cybersecurity attacks, which is really important because the way we are able to develop 
um, cybersecurity is by understanding how people breach the system right. and that way you are able to develop it. So that's, um, for me, a fantastic part of the act because it gives the opportunity for reports to be made mm. and um, now there are systems in place for those reports to be forwarded. What um, the further regulations would probably have to look at is not to try and disincentivize people from um, making those reports. For example, um, penalties for um, certain breaches or attacks. But then it's, it's, there's nothing like that in the law, but mm. then the law makes room for regulations and policies to be put in place. And mm. then we only hope that those do not disincentivize people from making reports. Hope. Hope once again. But anyway, um, what, what, what are the things that excite you about, <coughs> the, about the bill? Um, one of the very exciting things about the bill, which I think we are led to regulate, is the protection of individuals online, especially mm. children. Mm. Now, many countries in the U.S., in the Western world, um, having certain content of kids, just possessing it alone is, is a crime. And finally, we have an act that is criminalizing that. Mm. So um, it's the protection of individual and personal data online. Mm. Now, it's a crime punishable by a term of up to five years, up to 10 years and not less than five years, to have um, nude pictures or child pornography pictures on your phone, to transfer it, to just have it. You know, you don't have to, you know, now all those who, this is this is very, very exciting. It's, it's one of the most exciting things about the act. You can't publish it, you can't. Um, stream indecent images. You can't have visual recordings of a child in a computer system mm. or in any electronic um, record or medium at all. So this is, I think, does this it make provision, for example, for revenge? You know, porn and everything, all of those things. Yes, as it well. makes provisions for all of that. Right. So now a person can't share indecent images of you without your consent. Mm. It criminalizes all of these things. Yeah. And it also makes it a crime to groom children online mm. for sexual offenses. Mm. So it protects children online. And this, this is a very interesting thing about the, um, the bill. Mm. I think it's a step anything, in the right direction. interesting for you? I think one thing that, actually two things that will be interesting for people um, in the cybersecurity industry, or generally like in the tech industry, or in various sectors, um, if they operate certain systems, is that the... Minister, which is a Minister of Com um, Communications, can consider a computer network or system a critical information infrastructure. Mm. So that is certain computer systems can be designated as a critical information infrastructure. This is done by a gazette. Mm. So the minister published in the gazette that um, your system is a critical information infrastructure. What this means is that eyes on your, um, your system mm. because a breach of your system could harm the security or um, the economy of, of the nation. Of the nation. Mm -hmm. So now what happens is that your critical information infrastructure is registered um, and then the, the um, minister is going to come out with certain policies on, in terms of your registration, in terms of your regulation. Um, and another thing is that access, unlawful access into a critical information um, system is punishable by fines and by a term of imprisonment of up to 25 years. Oh. Yes. And so this is how um, serious it is. Oh. Um, um, this is how serious the bill seems to be um, taking 
the protection of certain critical um, information systems. Another area that I think would, might be of interest to people in the cybersecurity space is the licensing of cybersecurity activities. Okay. And so um, the bill seems um, to provide for certain licensing regimes, the details of which are not in the bill, but we do know that um, cybersecurity professionals or people that um, work in cybersecurity in the cybersecurity space in-house, like let's say, for example, in CTFM or um, a company, a cybersecurity company would have to be um, licensed by the nice. by the authority. Now, l- cybersecurity products would need to receive some form of certification by, um, sorry, would have to be accredited. That was, okay. that was what I, the word I w- was going to use. Um, s- um, companies, cybersecurity companies would have to be licensed and then cybersecurity um, products would have to receive some form of certification. And so every single aspect of the industry um, will be regulated in terms, in terms of the cybersecurity activities or um, cybersecurity practitioners would be regulated, would be brought under the eyes of um, the authority. Right. And so that's an area that I think might be of interest um, to persons in the cybersecurity space, um, space mm-hmm. because now you'd probably have to look, start looking forward to your regulations, your uh, um, sorry, your licensing, your accreditation, or your um, authorization by the. Interesting. Authority. Let's let's get to some um, questions. Um, good evening. My name is Nanaya. How do we get a draft copy of the bill as cybersecurity professionals? Is it something that's readily available? Is it something that people can easily get access to? Well, now that it's gone through all its stages in Parliament and it's before the... Usually when it's a bill, before it gets assented, certain changes are made. So um, when it's assented to by the President, it will be available at Assembly Press. Anyone at all can get it. But for now, with the bill... um, you can get a parliament. I think you can get it at parliament. You okay. can go to parliament and place a request. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Philip, all these long procedures is why scammers get away. By the time the courts issue the order, they've long gotten away. That's coming from Siemens. Thoughts, <laughs> thoughts on that? I mean, we um, we already spoke about a balance between um, cyber security and. Um, the the privacy rights of um, of an individual, but as we mentioned, you you are most likely um, not to be in the loop um, when um, and a warrant is being sought for, and so you having that foresight or visibility um, is not likely because even the proceedings are held in camera. Mm. That means they are held um, indoors mm. without the public. Right. So. And it's held um, what we call ex parte. Um, the application made to the court is what we call ex parte, which means the other party or whoever is involved is not notified. It's just the person mm-hmm. sending in that application. And so um, these are um, fast-tracked um, proceedings. And we hope that um, it will be able to... I mean, the time... It, w- it won't be too much time spent before um, they are able to get in scammers and also because of the reporting procedure right. th- there's a reporting procedure and so um certain things are easier um to be tracked if mm. we are actually following the reporting procedures yeah. anyway we'll be getting onto the phone lines to speak to um one of the industry people that um, i have to say i i totally respect as well um for his opinions about the bill and um how it generally applies um to 
um, you know, the average person and people who are typically um, within industry. And so we'll be, we'll be getting to the phone lines to talk to. So, um, <laughs> all right. So one of, one of my one of my major issues has to do with um, the things that the, the bill is supposed to cover. And especially, does it say anything, for example, about the education of the people? Because it's one thing having a law somewhere that's supposed to apply to A, B, and C people. It's another thing the people themselves understanding the law and what it applies to. Does the bill say anything about educating the people, anything like that? So um, the bill, as I stated earlier, is, is a framework. When the authority is set up, the authority will come up with um, policies and directives on how to educate people, engage the public, raise public awareness, and all of that. So, yeah, the bill doesn't have to make provisions for that. The bill has made provisions for the authority to come up with directives on how to manage um, cybersecurity incidents in Ghana, as well as raise public awareness. So that'll be a prerogative of the authority, of the authority. and how yeah. it intends to, to run it. Um, Derek Lai is the head of research and communications at the Ghana Chamber of Telecommunications. Um, he'll be telling, he'll be speaking to us about um, mobile financial. I mean, he is um, someone who advocates, especially for mobile financial and telecommunications. And um, yeah, recently was also awarded as well um, at the Ghana Information Technology and Telecom Awards. So congratulations are in order, Derek. Um, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Um, so Derek, what what excites you most about about the bill, especially when it has to do with the telecommunications and the financial services? Um, providers in the country. Um, good evening, uh, Philip, and uh, thanks for for, for for joining me on this conversation. And then also a good evening to your ladies in the studio as well. I I think what excites us is, is the fact that uh, cybersecurity is something that is is very is more like is very prevalent today. So it's about one of the trending topics within the technology industry. So once you hear uh, your government trying to put together uh, some process or trying to put together a framework that regulates the space, I think that's welcoming. And so it's something that I find very interesting and also very comforting as a, as a technology person as well. Now, from, from your review, if you have reviewed the bill as it stands now, what, what are the implications for especially players in the telecoms industry and also for those who are playing within the financial um, technology um, space. Yeah. Um, thank you. I, I, for, in terms of review, I think that uh, we, we, we were lucky enough to be part of the final. We, we kind of got, we, we got wind of the process at the final lap, I'll say. So maybe we were part of those who changed the baton that took the document into parliament. Uh, so, in terms of in terms of some of the some of the interesting things that that are in the bill, I, I know your ladies have done a bit of the background. I wasn't around, I wasn't listening earlier, but I think that uh, there are a couple of things that maybe I'll say uh, we find refreshing, and then also some of the things that are pretty are pretty also uh, quite instructive for for players in the industry as well. One of the areas that we were concerned about was the issue of uh, cross regulatory interference, and if you look carefully at, at the document. Uh, there was a part of the bill that talks about uh, 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 the setup of an authority. Basically, it's one of the objectives of the bill. So, our concern was: Are you going to have another authority that speaks to 
service providers again. And so that that is always raising a, a, a concern about bureaucracy. Uh, but thankfully, through our discussions over the two days with Parliament, uh, we are assured by the leadership that the new authority will deal directly rather with uh, existing regulators rather than uh, you know, fashion a plan around working with institutions that are not regulated directly. So that was one of the first things that we thought that was almost like a good a good uh, 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 understanding of what the authority would do because you are concerned about the fact that already oh, service providers are struggling to deal with regulatory requests. So if you have a new authority, that is going to come up with new requests. And even in such some instances, requests that have already already been made. Bear in mind that the central bank in 2018 also issued a cybersecurity uh, directive for financial players or financial uh, institutions. So you are, you are you're trying to be sure that you're not having a, a dual kind of a dual regulatory uh, environment where you're going to struggle with different kinds of requests on a daily basis. So that's, that's, that's the first one. Then the second one for me was um, the governance and administration of the authority. Uh, I'm sure that I don't need the ladies tackle that as well, but if you look carefully at the document, there's a portion that talks about governance and the governance or basically the governor what forms the, what the composition of the board of, of the authority was going to be seven ministers, uh, the director general, and then three uh, persons that were, were, were going to be appointed by the president, two of which are supposed to be women. I, I, we believe that we believe that seven seven ministers were, was going to be difficult. Uh, more importantly, cybersecurity is a very specialized area, and then also the fact that ministers, by virtue of the way the union work, it will be difficult to have seven ministers sitting in board meetings at the same time most of the time. So we were able to engage, and then also I believe that the, the parliament in this wisdom saw some 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 uh, traction in the in the in the positions that will be advanced. So. Also with that, what we had was that basically three of the ministerial roles were were supposed to be swapped with uh, private sector representation. So you're going to have now four ministers, three private sector representatives, and then also three professionals that are going to be appointed by the president. Then the director general making 11 pe- 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 persons on the board, which we think that it's very, very, uh, it's a very, it's a, it's a much more, uh, 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 comforting position to be in uh, from the point of uh, the, the, because of the nature of cyber security and the issues that are, are supposed to be dealt with. Remember, cyber security is not done and home. Uh, it's very much more strategic than than, than it sounds. Uh, that's 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 the second point I wanted to make. Then also the third part. I don't know. I just had the latter part of it, which which was really the issue around the uh, uh, communications interception. Uh, that was also a very interesting area because people are usually very concerned about cyber, their, 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 their privacy. And so we, we in advance some of these uh, uh, positions of, of industry, one of the areas that we were able to also satisfy the committee was that the committee also saw wisdom in the fact that perhaps rather than make, we're going to bring in certain filters. So one of the filters that we're looking at were cyber inspectors. Uh, these cyber inspectors are basically supposed to perform a function of ensuring that interception warrants that are issued are used for the purposes as stated uh, by law. So whether in areas of data retention, data retrieval process, even the processes to retrieve the data uh, are supposed to be within law. So that's a couple. That that was, that was one of the filters that we got. Uh, uh, we got. Uh, we got. We got assurances that it was going to be added to the bill, and then also the fact that we noted also that. The document makes the president the appointing authority of that role. So we were pushing for some sort of tougher or higher eligibility criteria for the selection of such inspectors. 
so that we, we then we also are advocating for the protection of such inspectors on areas such as a guaranteed tenor of office so that we believe that because we believe that oversight leads into good governance. So the inspectors that can provide the requisite checks and balances within the system so that if uh, we, are, we, are intercepting, we are intercepting communication, uh, there's, there's almost like a big brother on the side that also checks these processes to ensure that it is done the right way as it was being requested from the court. Uh, that's that's the third point. And the fourth, I think maybe the fourth one, which would be one of, one of my final points, would be the fact that we also have in the document classification of computer systems and softwares as critical information infrastructure. Also a very important uh, area uh, because um, uh, uh, cybersecurity classifying critical information, uh, basically basically that classification is a, it's a very important part because uh, for us as an industry, we believe that we can leverage that clause to secure classification of our infrastructure in Ghana as critical national assets to ensure its recognition, safety, and protection under the laws of the state. You, you, you can bear it. Bear it. Yeah, I know I've, I've, I've almost sound like a broken record when we talked about fiber cuts all along and uh, trying to be able to have some law that can be able to support criminalization of, of, of persons who cut uh, fiber or basically steal uh, battery, steal diesel from cell sites and the like. So, we believe that this is a critical law that we can actually leverage from a, from the point of industry across board uh, for anybody providing critical service that you you know is of economic well-being to the state and then also uh, to 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 the citizenry. Derek, Something that you cannot be used to support your your business as a, as a service provider. Derek, yes, Philip. My my final question to you as an industry person. Sure. Um, does it? I mean, and I and I know you 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 talked about how you brought it up as an issue, but really and truly does it worry you the extent of in terms of the appointing powers of the president for the authority and all throughout you know this bill does it does it worry you the the level of involvement of for example political appointees in this case in, and and I ask I ask this because I'm thinking about the independence of the authority, for example, to be able to and 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 as you rightfully talked about and mentioned, there has to be an like there has to be a system of checks and balances within all of this because this is cybersecurity we're talking about. It's not someone's yeah. little thing in someone's pocket. It is it is a national thing. And are you satisfied with the level of checks and balances that? is available currently as in terms of the bill that we have or is this something that we really have to start thinking twice about as well philip so just just two points to that i think the first point is the fact that uh, there's something that is always missing in this country particularly when it comes to regulatory in, independence uh it's a conversation that i actually would love to come have one day with you and the fact that you want to see regulators stand alone you want to see regulators take decisions irrespective of what the, the, the political system wants. Uh, that's what, something that you like to see. So when we are setting up a new regulatory entity, that's something that we would actually love to advocate and push for to see because there's really very little of that around. Perhaps maybe I can use Bank of Ghana as an example of uh, one of those very strong regulators that you see in the market. But you want to see a lot more uh, to, to shape the way, uh, shaping the way uh, systems are run, shape the way services provided across board. And then also how basically provision of uh, 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 or basically license requirements and everything are being managed uh, from a service point to delivery point of view. Uh, the point is that you can only I'm not a lawmaker, uh, so I can only advocate for uh, advocate and push for some reforms. 
And so, thankfully, like I said, in the case of the government, because for me, the most important thing is the government. If we get the governance right, at each point in time, if I'm not comfortable about a process, you know that we have represent- representation on the board that you can advance your positions through so that they can get the board to look into some of these issues. So that even if it's an abuse by the authority, you have representation on the board that can advance the cause of of, uh, of, of private interest or also consider you like to advocate through the board. You have some representation on the board. So once we couldn't once you can't do very you can't do much about about that concern, you can actually try and for a reform. And so within this reform what you are having is the fact that you've been able to take away where you have seven ministers. And for me I thought that seven ministers is just too much because ministers are very busy even by 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 by, by way of their their the way they do their work. So too much of them might, might mean that the board might not even function the way it's supposed to function. So having uh, three taking out to bring in uh, three private private persons, uh, private professionals, I think is a good step. And then also more importantly, having three professionals also appointed by the president is also a good step. If I had my own way, there could be another way to, uh, to do the appointment of the people on the board without pr- pr- primarily being the president. But then also you have to also bear in mind that cybersecurity in and of itself today the sort of warfare even across countries. So it has become a sensitive area uh, of practice. And so with the president being the commander-in-chief, it also makes some some logical sense that he becomes more like the pointing authority for persons that would hold those positions on the board. Uh, but in terms of finally, in terms of, in terms of the checks and things that you talked about, um, um, today, as it stands right now, even without this bill, um, a police officer can like the least to explain. They can go with an ex-party, go get a, a warrant from a judge, and they will be able to uh, get access to certain information of a, of a customer. Uh, the most important thing, or what we advocate for, is that the, the new law as it's coming, or what is being pushed down through the Cyber Security Bill, should be one that is consistent with the Data Protection Act as well. Uh, aside the filters that we are, we are pushing in and all that, we are also ensuring that issue should sit right with the Data Protection Law as we have it in the then that bill is a thing to a bill or so. I think it's law, so I need to check. Yeah, I think 843, yes. So, so it's like, if, if it's this right to the data protection law, there are certain things that, that provide uh, for transparency around the process and then also security, security of uh, or privacy of uh, customers are not taken for granted uh, under the laws of the state that we operate. Yeah, thank you. Well, Derek, um, I'm really grateful. Thank you so much for spending time with us on the show. Thank really you. appreciate that. And congratulations once again on the award. Ah. <laughs> brilliant all right returning to the studio um so after all is said and done um final words well um as much as this act is new it's um this bill is new 2020 let's not forget that let's not think that our cyber security space in, in, in Ghana was not regulated. Mm. It was very much regulated. Um, it was regulated by various industries. Actually, the Bank of Ghana has really um, stringent rules and directives to, for regulating um, the cyber space in the, um, the financial, financial industry. Mm. Um, NCA has rules for regulating the cyber, cyber space. The Data Protection Act covers a bit of it. So, I mean, it's it's a new act, but our cyberspace hasn't been left unattended to. Mm. We've had different agencies protecting them, protecting it, and protecting the parts that touch the agencies. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think this is a really exciting um, bill for the country in any way because um, any 
um, step forward in the area of technology is an important step. And it's also exciting to note that um, we've ratified certain conventions that allow for like extradition um, to member countries and um, for cybersecurity, exchange of information, which are things that will be um, very beneficial to us, especially since we have um, um, we have created a law to cater for um, all these um, provisions in the conventions that mm. we are signed to. Mm. And so I think it's an interesting and exciting step um, for the nation. We, and we are expectant and hopeful to see it play out in a very good way <laughs> for the technology industry or for the cybersecurity industry. Two, in two of the biggest words, expectant and hopeful there's a lot of expectation and hope but i mean well that's that's what we have to go on so we'll, we'll take it we'll take it small beginnings as they say um jesse abugri and um yin song t tindani private private tindana my bad yeah. um private legal practitioners joining me for for an introductory conversation about the new cybersecurity bill um that was passed a couple of weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. Hopefully, the president's going to sign this into an act or a, a law very soon so we can see how exactly we can um, execute that. So, ladies, thank you so much for making time to join me. And a big thank you to Derek as well for joining us on the phone. We have time only for trending. And I think the biggest story today is that Twitter, I think, has lost its way in the world and now is doing stories Twitter stories and cause the word fleet. Fleet. We'll be we'll, we'll be coming to that in just a second. Okay, so fleet. I mean, um, firstly, I think it's a terrible idea. I think it's one of the worst ideas Twitter cooked up. I understand from a financial point of view why Wait, they probably would do it. Wait, is it worse than Vine? No, I mean, that's why Vine is the past. <laughs> so, I mean, okay, so if you know about Instagram stories and if you know about Facebook stories, WhatsApp status, WhatsApp status, YouTube disappearing stories. after 24 hours, well, this is basically it it's called fleets by twitter and just generally allowing you to post and uh, and in the way they even couched it like you have something to say but you don't want to say it and like so you post and it appears over 24 hours yeah uh I'll, I'll i'll start with twitter on this okay i i think sometimes you want to say something and you don't just want it to be there all the time then delete it <laughs> like don't post I it know what that's my thing is my thing is it's either you don't post it or you delete it after you realize you've made a mistake why does it have to be there for 24 hours exactly See? You see, you but, be wait, 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 wait. Allow, it, it, allow, it, allow. It, it also gives you some tools to be creative, also with the fleet. So you can do videos, uh -huh. you can do ads. I can do that on IG, I can do that on <laughs> exactly. Facebook, I can do that on what I want you to bring that fun. 
on Twitter. On Twitter. Yes. I mean, you see, that's why I said I understand the commercial side of it. Yeah. But really, no. But really, in all this, I blame it, us. Mm-hmm. Facebook stole the idea from who? Snapchat. Right. Yeah. We shut up. Yes. No, so, we talked about it, but we laughed at Snapchat because <laughs> they were going out of business. So why are we now criticizing Twitter? I mean, and, and it's like every platform has it now. Right. Even LinkedIn, LinkedIn has it, which is another. <laughs> that's, that's actually, yeah. LinkedIn doesn't make sense yes. at all. But for Twitter, no, that one you're trying to impress your employer. Oh please, uh, with oh, what? How? What are you employing? What are you uh, impressing your employer? <laughs> yes. So I, uh, for me, I astound. I think it's uh, as you are on saying, the basis of commercial. the fact that everybody has it. Yes. From a commercial standpoint, because yes. obviously there's a lot of advertising dollars you can make from that. Yes. And then what? And then uh, I want to tweet something. I don't want the hazard of going to need That one is you don't even bring it. Don't even bring it at all. Edit button for how long? Since you change retweet button to something that we still don't understand. For how long have we been asking you to give us the old thing? Like, listen, the the retweet. But why are you frustrated? Though? No, it is it's frustrating. Annoying. It's a platform that we all love. <laughs> we use on a daily basis. Firstly, you give us a retweet button that doesn't make yeah. sense because then it it I mean the learning curve is a bit steep, but then eventually you figure it out. The one button that everybody has been asking for since since we understood what Twitter is about, you still haven't done it. I think that button makes Twitter unique. Which one? The edit button. The fact that you don't have it, yes, and you make a mistake, Charlie. You're live tweeting a show, then you miss one. What you have to delete everything, everything. (laughs) Ellen? What do you think about it, though? Well, I feel um, they they just want to get everyone on board, so you know, you have that on all the social media stuff. So, well, let's bring it to one of your favorite, you know, apps, and let's see how that works as well. So, it's like a a, a tick in the box. Yeah. <sighs> and and brands so, brands will ride on it. Brands absolutely. will be creative. Yeah. With it. Absolutely. So you know the freedom you can have with Snapchat, WhatsApp and all that, you can also bring it to Twitter. And I mean I can understand it. and like I said, I understand commercially because you know they weren't taking any spo- any payments yeah. from yeah. political um, yeah. parties during yeah. the whole election period. So they need to show up yeah. in terms mm-hmm. of finances. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense from a commercial standpoint, but Still, doesn't Still, make sense. If an edit button is not there and we're getting stories, <laughs> we then priorities are weird. But hey, it's not my company, so big up <laughs> to you. Exactly, exactly. It's not it's my not company. company. Jack, big up <laughs> to you. Well, that's all time will allow us on the show today. Um, a big thank you for um to my guests, um to Yin, and of course Jesse and um to um Derek. Thank you so much for making time to be on the show. The show will be available as a podcast first thing tomorrow, so please try and find it and listen in if you missed anything, especially about the cybersecurity bill, which is hopefully going to be an act very soon. My name is Philip Pashon. A big thank you to the rest of the crew. But until next week, stay techy. Hey,